0: Um, so other organizers, can you keep an eye out for uh, any, anyone's audio that's on and mute them if they are on, because I'll be concentrating on, on the text. So thanks very much. Um, so this traditional reading, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do, do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They're not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They're naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living, which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those two who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders that many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. So what I understand from this is that I've got to do the whole thing to recover. It's no good picking and choosing. And to, when I'm doing step work, I schedule in the step work first thing in the morning, because then I spend all day having done my step work rather than all day with it hanging over me. I mean, other things are important in my life. So when my mother needs something, that comes first. If a client at work needs something, in the moment, that comes first. But I organize my life around getting my step work done, uh, all of my recovery-related commitments. Um, Now, what is this path that we have to follow? To me, this means using the 12 steps in my life, applying the traditions and concepts in my relationships and, and work. And another thing about having a spiritual awakening, It talks in the big book about being rocketed into a fourth dimension. And if you watch those, that footage of uh, usually Americans or sometimes the Russians shooting rockets into space, you'll see there's a lot of fuel there. A lot of fuel gets expended. If they tried to fire a rocket without much fuel, it would just drop back to Earth. It takes a lot to get it into a lot to get it into orbit. And if the spiritual awakening, if the work that I do is spread over too many months or too many years, the little droplets of insight are lost in this sea of other garbage in my mind. I won't notice it. So when I've gone through the steps, I tend to do it very quickly. Um, And that was how the process was designed in the 1930s. So. They used to take a few days or a few weeks to go through the 12 steps. I think today we're probably a bit more thorough. So it can take a few months, especially if there are lots and lots of step eights. I think we're probably more thorough today in AA than they were in the 1930s about, about step eight. So and the dangers of dragging it out. So I've said already that the spiritual effect can be lost. Also, what I'm learning in the steps is to let go of this whole way of thinking where i sit at the middle of the universe like a spider in its web just testing and scanning and working out what everyone else is doing wrong and and uh, immediately leaping on them as soon as they've done something wrong uh, i'm learning an entirely new way of living unless those learnings are consolidated and applied and i'm immediately starting to teach them to others they're like hallmark cards they don't they don't achieve it doesn't achieve anything it talks in the big book about old thinking our old thinking needed to be smashed not chipped away at smashed and the steps are difficult i'm not going to make any bones about that they're difficult and you need a bit of momentum to get through it if not the ego returns it's like weeding a garden if you weeded, if you took out one weed a day I mean, it's better than nothing, but the garden would remain constantly full of weeds. It needs a lot of work to clear a garden. Um, When the weeds come back, they start to choke. And my experience, when my ego comes back, I start to resist and the resistance halts the process. And then it's very unlikely I'm gonna complete it and end up where the real treasure is. And they talk in the Native American tradition about becoming a hollow bone um, for God to reach other people through us. And and I think it's well said that my purpose on the planet is to wake up and help others wake up. I can't help others wake up unless I'm awake. There's no point in me waking up unless I can help others wake up. So this is this should be a quick process. It may take a lifetime to get the hang of it. But the actual process of steps one through nine can be quick. They say rarely have we seen a person fail. I'd say only very exceptionally have I seen someone fail and usually then it's been only temporary. And Dr. Bob in um, uh, the chapter, Dr. Bob's nightmare at the end says that if you put one half of the energy into the program that you do into your drinking, so from a non-perspective, if I put half the energy into the program that I put into monitoring and fretting and planning and scheming and controlling and working exa- working out exactly how I can phrase it to get you to obey me. If I put one half of the energy I put into that into the program, I'll be all right. I think. It's it works very well today because we've got more. We've got better support structures. We've got better materials available, more materials available than in 1939. And this key requirement of honesty. um, This means I have to be honest with myself that my whole attitude to life doesn't work. Why not? I'm tense and unpleasant to be around. That's enough. That's enough to prove to me that my thinking doesn't work. Uh, and to be honest with myself, that you have something which does work. So the next passage, our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened and what we're like now. If you have if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. So I like the fact that people, when they tell their stories in AA, uh, they're pretty detailed. Uh, I mean, I'm not really in storytelling mode here. I a you know, trying to present some bit of the content of of the book and trying to pepper that with a couple of examples of what it's like from my perspective. But when someone is asked to share their story at a meeting for half an hour, you get all the detail. But there's some general stuff that gets disclosed and the general stuff that gets disclosed seems to be universal across recovery. It's the A, B's and C's below, which I'll come to in a little bit. Um, I'm not going to read out the whole of the next passage, but one thing that's really clear is that it uses a lot of absolute phrases. Thoroughly, completely give themselves, willing to go to any any length, fearless and thorough. We let go absolutely, half measures availed as nothing, complete abandon. And what this means is my I need to adopt new beliefs. And I'll give you an example. Uh, The new belief is that God's got it covered. All I need to do is ask God for the next next right action. That's so opposite to the way I'm programmed. This is why there's no there's no line of communication between I'm completely in charge. I know what's best for everyone, here's everyone's to-do lists for the day. There's no line of communication between that and God's in charge, God, what do you want me to do? That's why I can't mix and match the two systems. I've got to to adopt the new system completely, keep returning to that new system completely. Um, And the new actions, again, My general fretting doesn't achieve anything, but I can be exhausted after a day of fretting. Just sitting there in a chair, looking out of the window, worrying about things as though it's keeping the planet spinning. Again, the new actions are an entirely different way of living. So it's using the steps as the structure of my day, sponsoring, home group, carrying the message outside the fellowship, taking part in the structure of the fellowship, being of service at work, being of service at home and with others, being of service in the community and society. And the thing is, uh, the, the, the terrible thing about being an Anon is you can be doing all the right things, apparently, but with such a spirit of control and worry and manipulation, the right thing becomes the wrong thing. Maybe you'll identify a tiny little bit with that. You know, and you know you're doing that when you walk into the room and people physically tense up just because you've walked in the room because they're wondering what's going to come next. So here are some tips that I've learned over the years for this, this new way of thinking that I need to adopt 100 percent. Put my own oxygen mask on first. I'm of no use to anyone if I'm in a devil of a state myself. Do a few things well, not many things badly. When you give, an when you tell an alcoholic, have a to-do list for the day. You know, it'll have two things on it. Number one, make an onion sandwich. Number two, go to the meeting. And you might need to say to them, perhaps you want to put a few more things on your to-do list for the day. With the, with me as an al anon, I need to do a to-do list, then cross three quarters off it, maybe a half because it's too many. Stop pulling weeds out of other people's yards. Pull the weeds out of my own yards. Get out of your driving seat and back in mine. And I love these two phrases. Keep my sails out of other people's wind. So that I don't need to feel something just because you're feeling something. I don't need to panic just because you're panicking. I don't need to rush around just because you're tense. And to do the same as well, to keep my wind out of other people's sails. So if I'm blustery, keep it to myself, go and deal with it with someone appropriate. Let it break around me. One of my favorite things, uh, letting things look chaotic, Uh, like even physically, like I don't need to wash up the cup now. Maybe I can wait till there are three cups and then wash them up. leave people to to face the consequences of their actions, even if they die, which they do sometimes. Um, Someone said to me once, if you don't let go, they're definitely going to die. If you let go, they might find their way to recovery, because I was stopping the person from hitting their rock bottom. I was the cushion that kept stopping them from hitting the ground every time they jumped out of the window. Does it need to be said by me right now? Taking time off. Something I got from my first sponsor, Doug. Decorate my life with pleasant things. Power my service by love, not guilt or fear. And just uh, why I need to abandon things completely. There's a great physical image. When you abandon ship, if any part of you is remaining on the ship, you're still on the ship. Uh, And just one, I'm running out of time. uh, One good example of letting go. Absolutely. I can't keep my mouth shut and speak at the same time. I have to pick one. (laughs) One is from the old system. The other one might be from the new system. Um, God is all powerful. That means God is the source of all of my power. Um, All problems in my experience can be solved with God. And that solved means two things in Al-Anon to me. Uh, the problem is either solved practically or the problem remains, but I'm OK with it. That's <laughs> a radical idea. And then I'm not going to read out uh, the steps. A couple of points. A suggestion is a polite offering. Doesn't mean there are alternatives available. Doesn't mean I can get the same results a different way. I'm free not to follow the suggestion, but I'm not free of the consequences of my choice. And there are some other notes you can read in your copious free time. Um, But the ABCs, I'm gonna finish on this. Um, The alcoholic one is that we were alcoholic and couldn't manage our own lives. Uh, B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. Uh, see that God could and would if he was sought. Um, And from an Al-Anon point of view, this means I'm powerless over alcohol and the alcoholic and alcoholism. I'm powerless over my reaction to the alcoholic and alcoholism. My programming is very deep. And I'm powerless over my other unhelpful patterns as well, because the programming is very deep. You can't fix me. I can't fix me. I can recover if I seek a relationship with God. And it's that personal relationship with God, that's what I need to recover. And that's what the rest of the steps are about. I'm gonna be posting a load of links during the um, session today. I'm gonna try and bring in five or six people to speak on this, um, uh, depending on who sticks around. Ellie Sheva, would you like to go next?
1: Hi, my name is Elisheva. I'm a member of Estanon and Alanon. Step three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. I found that the one old belief that was most preventing me from turning my will and my life over to the care of God was the belief that God is a punishing God. And as long as I felt that God was punishing, I'm not going to turn over my life when I think something's really important is going on. I'm going to continue to take control. As a child, I would lay in bed before going to sleep and ask God for the things that I thought that I needed in order to feel safe in this world. And when God didn't give me what I wanted, when I wanted, and how I wanted it, I came to the conclusion that God's a punishing God. And with this belief, I turned towards the world around me, and I looked for proof that my belief was true. And what I look for is what I find. By the time I got here, at the age of 42, I had a very long list of grievances toward God. And so I needed to change my perception of God. I needed to believe that God is a loving God. And then there would, I would, would I was hoping that I would look for proof that God is loving, and then perhaps I'd be able to make this decision. I had read a story about a woman who complained her entire adult life about something, and it was only her grandchildren, who were living two generations later, who saw how what the thing that she was complaining about was for her good. And that opened my eyes to the thought that maybe, Maybe there's another way to look at my past. And I asked God to show me how the things I complained about were for my benefit. And over time, God has showed me. And I was most amazed by what I saw. The things that I had most complained, or a lot of the things that I had most complained about, ended up being some of the biggest gifts that I had. And I realized that I don't know anything, and I can't judge what's good and what's bad. And this was the beginning of my experiencing God as a loving God. And then I was able to make the decision that I want to turn my will and my life over to the care of God, and that I'm willing to place aside what I want and my plans and ask God to know his plans and his will for me. Anonymism is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And For me, it blurs the boundaries of where the other person ends and where I begin and what's their responsibility and what's my responsibility. And it leads me to a lot of self-doubt and confusion. And I need to build an awareness of how I break the principles that we spoke about in step one, that I'm responsible for me and you're responsible for you. And when I watch my thoughts and actions, I can usually identify where I'm breaking these principles, and then I can pray to God that, for the power to, to stick to these two principles. And I can take the opposite action, which is the healthy action. And I can do this because God is more powerful than my disease of anonism. Those who do not cover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to the simple program. It it was important for me to know that it doesn't matter if I have a good excuse for not working the steps or a poor excuse, the result is going to be the same. If I don't work it, it doesn't work. And I realized that if I were to be completely honest, I waste time every single day during the day. And if I took that time towards working the steps, I, I I would be moving forward much faster. And I also tend to be a perfectionist and have very high standards in certain areas of my life. And if I were to lower my standards, I can take that extra time that I was putting into those things and also apply them to, um, use them for applying the steps and working the steps. And I found that it's really a matter of prioritizing. And if I'm not willing to prioritize working the steps, I'm not going to be willing to go to any length to recover. I came to program, I picked a sponsor, and I worked the steps thoroughly and as quickly as, I, as, as my sponsor would let me. And I found that when I work the steps quickly, I'm encouraged by the changes that I experience and by the progress that I'm making. And this motivates me to continue working quickly. And I think that working the steps quickly is a precondition to experiencing a spiritual awakening. It says in the big book that we should be fearless and thorough. And I was thorough, thorough and I was also full of fear. And I found that as I continue taking the right action, sometimes the fear, the intensity of the fear is lessened, and sometimes the fear is taken away by God. But sometimes it's not. And today I notice the fear, I recognize that it's there, but I don't need to dwell on it. I can say this is what I'm feeling right now, and then take the healthy action. And I don't need to give the fear more thought than necessary. It says in the book book, There's one power, may you find him now. And this is a blessing that we should find Him now, and it's also telling us where to find God. God is in the here and now. And if I want to be present in the here and now, I have to stop letting my mind wander to the past, to the resentments of the past, and to the nostalgia thoughts that I have of how once life was so perfect. And I need to stop tolerating my mind going to the future, to fears of the future, and to this fantasy world of, if I had one A, B, and C, then my life would be amazing and I need to stop uh, wishing that right now in the present things were different and then I can find God in the here and now. We say in program progress not perfection and progress is I want to be working, I want to be putting my all into what I'm doing a hundred percent and I want to know that it's never going to be perfect and I want to be fine with that. It's progress not perfection. With the A, Bs, and Cs, A, I'm an Anon, and I could not manage my life. I couldn't admit that I couldn't manage my life because that would mean that I was hopeless. But once I saw that you had a solution that, I that would work for me, I was able to admit that I have a problem that I can't solve. B, probably no human aid could reveal, relieve me of my Anonism, and that's been my experience. I tried many different things before I came to program. Nothing had helped me. And C, God could and would if he was sought. God could, I saw that he did it for others, so clearly he could do what, what he did for others, he could do for me. And he would, I'm not that special that what he would do for others, he wouldn't do for me. And I need to seek God, and the way that I seek God is first and foremost through working the steps. And it, it's also through, um, I've gotten some, a lot of help from outside sources, from spiritual literature and from religious literature. I'll end with that and I needed to seek God, and the way I seek God is first and foremost through working the steps, but I also got a lot of outside help in um, other spiritual readings and religious readings, and I'll end it with that.
0: Daniel, would you like to contribute?
2: Thanks, Tim. Um, So, (laughs) the first thing about step three um, for me in in working the steps has um, has been this kind of magic power that that, that Step 3 has when I'm willing to really let go of, 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 of running the show. My disease is full of control and manipulation and uh, trying to get my way out of everything, my way out of the world. And, um, and, and the magic of really letting go and letting God and turning it over and letting God run the show, um, it's been transformative for me. Um, I understand that um, really the first time that I'll get to Step 3 I'm, I'm really only making a decision to, to take the next few steps. I barely have a relationship with, uh, with my higher power. I barely know who he is at all. Uh, a lot of that comes to clear as I do the steps, and that's why I think it's a cycle that we do the steps kind of over and over again, uh, we, we, we start to live in the steps. But there's a, there's a magic in, um, in really letting go and letting go around the show. For me, um, in very tense moments of my, of my life since I've come into recovery, and um, just the magic of saying the third step, sometimes over and over again, uh, saying the, same, the third step prayer has really transformed the situation. Um, for me, I need to do the third step every single day. It's not a step that um, that I take in a big sense, it's a step that, because every single day, uh, for me right now in, in my spiritual growth, um, no matter how much of a spiritual experience I had yesterday, um, that switch kind of gets turned back onto me in the morning, and ego kind of takes over. So I ha- still haven't had uh, a, an absolute spiritual experience to grow. Uh, and even if I might have had one, I don't think that, I'm good, that that part of my regime isn't going to stop taking the third step. Because um, I have to flip that switch back to God and let God run the show again. And um, For me, uh, uh, very early on, when I started doing the steps, someone showed me a really simple uh, version of that, um, of those first three steps, like comparing it to a business as a businessman, I related to it, that basically I bankrupted the business. That's my step one. Um, And there is a CEO out there that can run the business. That's my step two. My step three is to stop trying to run the business, let God run the business. and for me that really is is key because every single morning, uh, to a greater or lesser degree, I wake up again and I'm trying to run the business. And um that is my anonymism, that's my control. And just letting go and letting him take charge again. Um other things that uh, that come that come up in this in especially within this passage are uh, the uh the fact that I, I need to be go willing to go to any length for this. Um and I need to smash all of my old ideas because my old ideas, my old programming, um, that's what got me into this mess in the first place. Um, so I have to let go of uh, my brain. Uh, like like I, I, I like it said that uh, my brain is a dangerous neighborhood. It's a very dangerous neighborhood. And the longer I get stuck up in there, the, the more dangerous it is. And that's also part of turning it over um, and letting go. Um, And these are instructions this is the cake recipe so um there's there's so much in this passage that's basically pointing me towards uh letting go of daniel's will and uh starting to do uh god's will i think the 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 the, the meaning behind the words as well the um the, the will uh uh the will is basically um all of my actions um and um and all of my thoughts that's really what the third step is i'm willing to give god all of my thoughts and all of my actions um and just just for today uh, take the next right action which i get to through working the rest of the steps through clearing the pipes that block me from god and getting to 10 11 and 12. thanks for letting me share
0: thank you uh Michal, would you like to contribute
3: hi thank you I'm Michal, I'm in Anon. Um, I love this step. Made a decision to turn my will and my life over to, over to the care of God. So like just in that saying, there's so much, the decision. First of all, I'm making a decision. It's not just an automatic um, turnaround. It's a decision, it's conscious. There is a form of action there. And will giving my will and my life over to God. I had a sponsor. She's now she passed away a few months ago. Um, and I, you know, I, I left, moved forward, but I maintained co- contact with her. Anyway, one of the things I learned from her is this step she really drilled into me: will and life. We made a list. I made a list of. Um, all my needs and all I want and all my wants and everything I don't need and everything I don't want. And um and I was making a decision to turn that over to God. And for me that was a really um excellent exercise just to to see what I want, what I don't want. Um all these things that go on in my life, what's present, what happened in my life, and what you know, could potentially happen, and um, just giving it over to God really uh, was was an a conscious action, even though there's like some a cerebral element to it, because you really have to believe in God. And my experience, um, that's the choice. Like, if you don't believe in God, or if you don't believe in a higher power, then that's you know that's that's the personal responsibility something that i experience in sponsoring is like me trying to convince that the big book is uh works or the steps work or um god exists like any form of of convincing that i have that i get involved in is already i'm taking responsibility for their life for their brain for their belief system, whatever it is. And um, everyone is responsible for their choices. And, um, you know, believing in God is is a decision and it's a choice. And the results of believing in God, um, I mean, God is not going to be there for you if you don't believe in him. So that is, um, or or in a higher power, whatever you want to call it. Um, the other thing I I thought I would mention is I was thinking about, you know, raising children, it, it, you could kind of see God's hand in, I could see God's hand in my life when I'm raising my kids. For example, my kids are totally spoiled. They get 95% of everything they want. They get tons of candy. They get. Tons of treat, like I think it's just the generation we're like over consumers of everything. Um, but you know, when they misbehave, I ha- like and and they and, you know try to do all these workarounds, I and mean, when they're when they're cheeky with me, you know, sometimes they get a punishment, and they don't get it. Why did I take all my son's comic books away? He doesn't really get it that he was mouthing off to me, but. Why did God do this to me? I guess the point of the program that I love about this step and further steps and all the steps is that you get to see what you did. You get to see what what you have to do about it and how to change it rather than just looking for quick fixes. Like when when I call a program friend and just complain about my life and for sure I've done that a lot of times. And sometimes I find that it's like, it's just comforting to have a listening ear, but there's a limit. Um, <laughs> so, um, where am I going with this? Anyway, the point is, I, I don't know, I lost my train of thought. The point is that in this step, um, this is so off the cuff, I wasn't even prepared and I guess that's that's good. Um, just it's a constant meditation to turn everything i have and everything i want and everything i need and all that to god and believe in it and really believe in it and god's running the show um thank you for letting me share
0: thank you uh osha would you like to share
4: okay new microphone let me know if it's working okay <laughs> yay okay um First of all, I love these pages, and for those of you who are not familiar with AA meetings, um, the the these pages that Tim uh, cited in the note are pages that are read at almost every AA meeting around the world. It's only one meeting that I've been to so far that hasn't read these pages, and um, and I love the, um, you know, the the. Um, I almost feel like they're bullets hitting me every time, not in a violent manner, but in a like smack to wake me up manner of every time it says honesty, you know? And, um, and it's just such a good reminder every time, single time I hear this or read these pages of honesty, boom, honesty, people, because um, it's so easy for me to kid myself. Um, and so how do, I, how do I start to be honest? When I thought when I came into to program that I was always honest. Right. I thought I was one of the honest most honest people you know. I have no secrets. I you know, I I'm, I'm not dishonest with myself, with anybody else. And um and so and so the way that in my experience, um, that I learn about how to be honest is by sharing with a sponsor and sp- sharing with people in program and letting people get to know me. Um and and it's really, really scary. I have a lot of conversations with sponsees um in, in Al Anon who um Have a real concern around trust, and I get it. You know, I've been where you are. I've been where they are, Um, and the answer is, you know, how much pain do I want to live in? And so everyone talked about, am I willing to go to any lengths? And part of willing to go to any lengths is when my sponsor asks me a question, I need to pause for a moment, and um, and 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 really look inside myself and, and try to be as honest as I can at that moment. You know and um, and so the bottom line is to start to get to know people and let them get to know me so that they can tell when it's my um, my my disease or my ego talking and not coming from recovery um, and they can see through um, uh, the BS is the bottom line um, and that also means that I need to be willing to take some what I might um, perceive as criticism it's not really criticism or it's constructive criticism, however you want to look at it. But bottom line is, um, recognizing it's a, it, for me, it's a process of recognizing that I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be and it's okay. And that as an anon was very difficult for me, you know, um, um, accepting that it's okay for me to, to, um, make mistakes and that, my entire world does not have to self-destruct because I made a mistake, and neither is yours going to self-destruct because I made a mistake, um, and that I am not the center of the universe in that regard, all of that was was a process that I needed to go through. Um, and the bottom line is that I um, still today, I, I don't hear it very easily when I'm beating myself up, and I think I'd have people in program who will say very kind things to me like, um, it, rather than saying to me, stop beating yourself up, they'll say it in a positive manner of, um, could you be gentle with yourself today? And, uh, and so I try to pass that on. And if I wanna get closer to higher power, I need to stop beating myself up. And I need to be willing to take a um, very honest look at myself and my perspective. Um, and so I really love the, the sentence that says, we are not saints. Um, sometimes i feel that higher power is asking me to be a saint and and that's my way of telling myself it's not true right but of indulging my ego thinking my higher power is asking too much of me and there's no such thing right um so on willingness um there's an acronym for god which is good orderly direction and that goes back to what I said before about having a sponsor and people in program that I talk to um, because um, I I need to be able to build on step two. Somehow these people have what I want. What do they have? They live mostly a pain-free life. Mostly they enjoy their lives. Mostly they look forward to getting up in the morning. Mostly they're able to give without You know, the transaction of the pluses and minuses. I I have a ledger in my head all the time, right? And, um, and, and that's, that's how I want to live, right? And so, um, I need to be willing to do what they tell me to do. I need to be willing to pick up the phone and ask them. I need to be willing to send a message and ask them. I need to, and, and sometimes, um, I, I kind of know that's what I need to be doing. And then I need to ask my higher power for the strength and the, and the courage to do it. Um, and then, um, I, uh, I'll share just two, two more short points, um, step three doesn't mean that I sit back on my laurels and I wait for my higher power to work in my life, right, it's it's not, I love the, the whole conversation in, in a lot of the Al-Anon literature, there's this whole conversation about like how we make a decision, we don't actually do something, but the bottom line is that in my experience that I, I need to do the footwork in order to become ready. To um, accept the gifts that my higher power is going to give me and and put in my life, and if I don't do the footwork and just you know sit back and wait for higher power to do to do higher power's thing, that's not the way it works, at least in my experience. Um, and 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 finally, I I tend to ask a lot of questions. Um, it it has always helped me um, to, to to tell my story, right? In other words. Um, When I don't understand, or I haven't understood something in program, or something doesn't make sense to me, or I'm not sure about something, I'll call and ask a question, and then people will often say, well, can you tell me where this is coming from? And that was one way that I was able to tell my story and start to open up. Um, And and it was uh, initiated first by my asking a question. Um, One of the most important parts, I think, of steps two and three is to learn that I'm not terminally unique. Um, I will say that um, at at some point in the book, and we'll get to it, it says that, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. I tend to be a sometimes slowly. Um, It took me 18 years to understand the term terminally unique. (laughs) And um, I have a master's degree. Um, And one day it just hit me of, oh, if I keep thinking that I am different from (laughs) y'all, right? I'm gonna die. And I went, oh, I keep killing myself by like holding out, you know, as, as Tim said, you know, I have I have one finger left on the boat, right? So I'll keep coming back. Thanks.
0: Thank you, uh, Evan. Would you like to come in on the topic?
5: Hi, uh, Evan. Mental Recovery Member Um Okay. Um, so for me, um, in, in my understanding, when I got my sponsor sponsors and and the books um is that step three is the goal of the program Um, that basically my problem um, is that i have a a fundamental disconnect from my higher power um, from god as i understand it and because of that um my life is unmanageable Uh, and part of that is due to the fact that i i have this concept that i can manage my own life um that i can i can run the show as as it were um and that over time um has built up and built up uh layers and layers of defense mechanisms and ego and um, guilt and shame and all sorts of crud uh, that even if I wanted to have a connection with, with God, I, I'm not able to have that connection with God. Um, and, and which is why I then have to go through the rest of the steps to to clear out uh, those tunnels, those tubes, those, those that, that connection that just that the the connection uh, that will allow me to uh, to connect with God but once I'm really willing and and able and and, and practice the principles that uh, allow me to uh, live in that place of uh, turning my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him then as a result of these steps uh, I have that spiritual awakening and I am happy, joyous, and free because if I have no expectations of of how the world should be run and how my life should look and um I'm in a place of of real acceptance that uh, everything that is is going on in my life is really for my benefit um then what else is gonna what how, how else am i gonna look at life um in my faith tradition we have there's a, a saying in actually in aramaic called the everything that that my my higher power does everything that god does is 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 good by definition um and therefore when i'm looking at it as a negative thing um the problem is in, in me and and my attitudes and, and, and the way I look at the world. So um, I, I once heard a, a rabbi speak and uh, he used a, a wonderful metaphor where he said, um, he took out a pen from his pocket and he, he commented that this is the worst car he's ever seen. Um, and then he explained that says, if, if I look, at a pen and i expect it to to behave like a car then i'm going to be upset and disappointed um but the fact of the matter is i can't see the entire car i I just don't have that ability and and my looking at the small slice of life and expecting to to really even grasp a a fraction of, of what it's supposed to be that's my problem that's not god's problem It's not god doing the wrong thing or or, or having a, a bad car. It's just my perception that's off. So um, when I turn my will and my care over to the care of God as I understand him, um, my, my goal then is to, to, the first thing to say is, it's not a paperclip. It's not a pen. it's it, I don't even know if it's a car. I don't even know what it is. Um, but I know that I don't know what it is. And Um, but I do know that it's there for my benefit and and for my uh, my spiritual growth and and the good that God wants is for me to connect with him and and every situation that comes up in my life is really God asking me please come closer to me connect with me Um, this is this is how you do it Um, so all these difficulties if, and if i have some difficulties and, and challenges uh there really are nothing more than a gift from from god for me to to make that effort to, to get closer to him um, and not sit on my laurels which is my natural uh, uh inclination as world's laziest person um and i need to take that kick in the pants as it were, and, and use it as a, as a way to get closer to, to God, as I understand him, and to, yeah, uh, use the rest of the steps and the principles to, to, to actualize uh, the decision that I make in, in, in the third step. So, uh, and I'll leave it at that. Thank you.
0: Brilliant, thank you. Emma, would you like to come in?
6: Hello, uh, good morning. Um, I'm Emma. I'm a grateful member of Essendon. Um, Thank you for all the shares. It gives me an awful lot to think about. It's much appreciated. Okay, so um, I I think where I start from this is, again, step one and two. I have to be there. I have to take in one, one and two, the powerlessness, the unmanageability, the willing to believe that God can restore me to sanity. Um, and I think that's That's my gratitude of of having come to this point in my my, uh, working the program. Initially, when I did it, I did it incredibly slowly, incredibly slowly the first time. It was a little bit uh, too slow. I kept feeling like I was missing something. Everything, there was always something. I felt like that donkey with a carrot. I could see the carrot, but I could never actually reach it. Um, This time, I... um, I work my stack work five to six times a week. I call my sponsor pretty much every single day if I could possibly help it unless something came up. Um, I basically wanted what she has. So I was willing to do that. Um, the benefit is, is that I felt myself changing, which actually is a really strange thing to witness, to be honest. Um, but I found the the missing piece of the jigsaw that I couldn't find before. So the benefit of working this program regularly, of calling a sponsor regularly, Um, and I've passed it on to my sponsees who call me regularly and it it does make a difference and that growth is just it's sometimes breathtaking to see it's really that's really god for me Uh, the other thing that stands out is there's a need to adopt a new way of thinking the thing was I wanted what others had Um, I heard my story being told in the rooms and I wanted that peace and serenity um i felt like it was like you know when you're going up a mountain and you're attached by a a rope between one person and the next you don't look down you look forward and i could see where they were going and i wanted the same thing and i think that's that's really what helped me so again i did what they did um my old life wasn't working i decided to move forward and it felt like a leap of faith really Um, I heard recently on a talk, um, and forgive me, I can't remember who said it, that fantasy is an idea I cling to in order to avoid facing reality, whereas faith is an idea I cling to in order to be able to face reality. I like that. I needed some of those absolutes in my life. I, um, I hadn't any control over that first thought, but those following thoughts, that's where my faith came in. That's where my pause came in that's when I started to face reality, applying the ideas to my situation to change what I can and to know when I'm just simply banging my head against a brick wall over and over. Uh, That reality, seeing what I can and can't change, that was big for me. Um, Again, in the same talk, and forgive me, I, I just can't remember who said it. I've got Ellen in my head, but I'm not sure I'm right. It said that accepting God, accepting that God is running the world is not really that hard sometimes. The acceptance of how I feel about how God is running the world, that's often my problem. If I can change my reaction to that, change my thinking around rating God on how he's doing, then I get reality. I don't need to react to whatever I can't change. I can be okay, which is the most absurd thing because I never thought was possible, but I can be okay. I can be okay, even if the situation remains. This whole thing is a process for me. I don't always get it. Some days I'm great, some days I'm not, uh, but I'm willing and I try. And that's that's something that, you know, focusing on the reality is big. Remembering God is all powerful and he's the source of all my power. Surrendering to that over and over, that I'm no longer in charge, which is what you've heard from really all the shares. Um, it doesn't mean suddenly that all my problems are solved at once. Uh, some Some problems do get solved and working the steps helps me with that tremendously. Some problems take time, and I'm OK with that now, which, again, is a pretty, pretty much a miracle because really I'm the kind of person who wants everything happen right now. I can be OK with craziness going on around me. Who knew that was possible until I came here? Um, I do not have to do this perfectly, and that's something that already came up uh, from another share, and I find the same thing. I just have to be willing, let the perfection end, and be willing to do what I need to do. So I did what everyone else did. What I felt, these people who had the strength, the peace, the hope, I did what they did. I tried. I was willing. I surrendered as best I could. I surrendered as best I could. Um, at the end of the worksheet, it says a personal relationship with God is what I need to recover. There's a saying in Psalms. I'm, I'm loosely translating that God is my body. God is my bodyguard. That He's always beside me. I believe that he looks after me always, and nothing happens unless he feels it's best for me. Sometimes I still feel alone, and that's really my my thing, because I'm not looking to find him right there where he is. He's a gentleman, I have to invite him in. And that's a big deal for me, knowing he's there. So as I go through this journey, and I'm repeatedly told by my sponsor to turn to God, that I'm never alone, that he's there, that he's inside me, he's present. I get that personal relationship, God is my bodyguard. He's right there. He's looking after me. I just need to seek him. Um, I actively did this. My sponsor suggested things like talking to him, listening to him, seeing him in nature and life, uh, being honest, formal prayer, meditation, trying to trying to do what he asks of me. Um, they were big things. And that's how I personally got my relationship. So once I have this kind of thing where I feel it's tangible in my life that feeling he's here real and present then I thought bingo everything will be plain sailing right right everything will be fine Um, and it'll be a constant but the thing is it's not like that life's not like that it's a constant decision yesterday I was walking along the street and I'm talking to God and I am quite nervous about something I'm fearful and I say to God please show me something show me you're there And I come across a sign on a bus stop, and it says, um, I'm here, you're not alone. And I thought, amazing, okay, you're showing me a sign. Five minutes, 10 minutes later, I've taken my will back. And, And I know, and I can see it now, which is something I could never. It's over, it's a repeated decision over and over. That's what it is for me, willingness, surrender, trusting the process one day at a time. Really, it's all in God's hands anyway. I just have to be willing to show up, do the work, Take responsible actions, and hopefully I'm there. Thank you for listening to me.
0: Thank you, um, Basha. Would you like to share? I can't see your uh, camera, but if you're there, please, and would like to share, please let us. Please come in.
1: Thanks, Tim. My name is oh, Dasha Emanuel. Oh, oh,
0: Dasha. At, oh there, it sorry, was actually Basha. But I'll, I'll oh, come gosh. to you, Dasha, in a moment. Uh, Basha, are you there? I am here. Could I have a minute? Can you come back to me? Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll come back to you in a moment. So Dasha, let's uh, leap on what fate has decreed. Um, (laughs) uh, You come in Dasha.
1: Oh thanks, Uh, sorry about that. My name is Dasha, I'm an alcoholic and a food uh, addict. Um, Step three, um, I had to examine my willingness recently and um, over the course of uh, the 16 months that I've been uh, sponsored I had to look at um, how willing am I really to complete the process so I think uh, this is a, a good exercise to do to really find out uh, and for myself what I uh, looked at is that actually there are areas that I need to uh, that I need to surrender to God and I've done that yesterday and I completed um, sort of in a day or so steps forward to uh, to wait on a particular area and I found that very useful, so I think, um, you know, the tools are there, um, I just have to be willing to use them. So thanks a lot guys.
0: I'm going to give Bash another couple of minutes to get ready. Raisy, are you there? I think you might be calling on on the phone, so I can't see if you're there, but do come in.
7: Hi, it's Raisi. can you hear me? Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you for all your shares. Um... I think for me on step three, I mean similar really to what some people shared, it's again just my my will. If I'm I always thought I can try a little bit harder, do a little bit more work. I'm very hard working. Um and um yeah, I thought yeah i be successful, I have a good marriage. Um, I realised it didn't help and um I needed God's help. I needed to admit that I was a problem and he can do what I can't do. Um and it really changed me it changed me a lot of ways, and it gave me a lot of freedom um and when i say the 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 third step pray in the morning it's uh it's such a relief to me to be able to just me and God just to pray and think what do you God what do you want me to do today um I had this from my sponsor um God, I know nothing you you know everything show me what to do and I think it really sums it up for me today um I had, this, um, um, I had this experience, I had this experience, I wanted to go away to Israel and uh, I'm not Israeli, so I can't really get in this moment and just for me to be able to just think and say, God, what do you want me to do? If I won't be able to go, that's okay. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you. Devori. would you like to come in? An ominous silence maybe next maybe next time maybe next time so we're, we're starting to run out of time um, so I'm going to draw it to a close for today uh, if you have any questions please do feel free to contact any of the uh, so any of the organizers so me or Evan or Sheva or uh, Emma or Osha between now and next week and we can incorporate your questions into next week's presentations or materials. Next week, we're going to be looking at the bottom of page 60 of the big book to bottom of page 62. So just to put that into a bit of context, if you're not very familiar with it, by the time you get to the bottom of 60, you're like, great, I need to turn my will and life over to God. Uh, Wonderful, I'm down with that. And then it says, wait, let's just hang on a minute. (laughs) Let's just look at the nifty job you've been, doing running your life yourself before we actually go ahead with this so that's what we're going to be looking at is is the the issue of self-will so that's next week's topic so I'd like to thank everyone who's participated and made this possible today Uh, I'm enjoying this enormously Um, the links posted earlier There's an awful lot of information. The blog is up and running with uh, all of the the, the basic written presentations, quotations, talks from previous weeks. Today's talk is going to be posted up there as well, and I've sent uh, uh, also in the link uh, and the list of links all sorts of other links to all sorts of other resources. So if that doesn't keep you busy until next Sunday, then nothing will. So. Uh, I'm going to close with the serenity prayer, so feel free to unmute and join me uh, if you care to.